name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today we hear a very familiar gospel, a gospel of the story of the calling of Levi, calling the man, Matthew, the tax collector. And our Lord shows us very important lessons throughout the gospels and when how he specifically calls us. And he calls people differently. He calls people differently. Maybe it's a message that you hear. Maybe it's through somebody that you know. Maybe it's through an experience and God revealing himself to you through that experience. Whatever the case may be, our Lord is constantly calling us. And today when we look through this gospel, we see it's a very important way to understand what this calling means. We look at the words, you would think for somebody to completely change his life, there's got to be some sort of uh, like long contract agreement or, or some sort of understanding. All our Lord said was two words, follow me, follow me. That's it. He didn't, you know, when we go and uh, uh, get a new job, and when you get, ex you know, you get accepted to the job, they give you pages and pages and pages of papers to read and to the fine print and then, and then sign. So you know what is expected. Did Levi know what was expected? Did he know what it meant to follow me? This command seems like a very simple, just two words, not complicated, follow me. But what it entails, it's a very loaded amount. It's, it's, it's a very loaded uh, command. So what does it mean to follow? First of all, we see that our Lord, it says that he went out. He went out in order to find uh, Levi, right? It says, after, this, after these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. Just this alone teaches us that our Lord goes and seeks. Our Lord goes and seeks. He doesn't go and just find people who are in, you know, perfect situations. The tax office was a very negative area. When we think of uh, a tax collector in, in our world here, it's the IRS, right? That's not what a tax collector is back in the day. A tax collector, as we all know, uh, in, in, uh, biblical, in the biblical sense, is somebody who is basically kind of like a loan shark. Somebody who you would, they would offer you a loan, but with a really high interest, like, and with trying to steal, they would basically end up stealing uh, your money. It was kind of the, the ways that the Roman government would take advantage of the Jewish people financially. So for Christ to go to a tax office seems very weird. How could he go to a place where the tax collectors are synonymous in the Bible with sinners. So every time you read, 
and he sat with the tax collectors and the sinners and the, you know, it continues. So what does it mean to follow me? The first thing we see is we see the response. Verse 27 says, and he said to him, follow me. Verse 28, so he left all, rose up and followed him. There was no questions. There is no, okay, what is this going to do for me? Where's the benefit? Like, okay, what, what happens at the end of this? I'm going to follow you, and then what? Do I, if I follow you, do I get what I want? If I follow you, are you giving me certain guarantees, certain promises? And that's how society teaches us to think in everything that we do. But in Christianity, it's a matter of following with trust, with faith, to take that, that's why we call it a leap of faith, to take that step that could be uncomfortable, but truly it's the only way to truly connect to our Lord. And so follow me requires three main things. First thing is we have to know him. How are we going to follow him without knowing him? If somebody is, if uh, somebody is, you know, meeting in one area to say, okay, we're going to go to this location, follow me. You have to know the car that you're following. You have to know the destination that you're going. And so this concept of following me requires us to know who our Lord is. And our church kind of gives us the guideline to that. Not only in the icons, for example, to know our Lord, who he is in the stories and the icons, in the stories, in the gospels, but also through the sacraments. What better way to know Christ than to partake of his body and blood? We might not feel anything immediately when you take communion. You might not feel anything. But what truly happens is that there's a transformation. We are partaking of his body and blood. Not a symbol of his body and blood. No, this is truly Christ on the altar. We are truly in heaven as we attend liturgy. So when we partake of him, we become united with him. We become closer to him. We know who we are to follow. And as we know who he is, we always have to keep him in front of us. If I ask somebody to follow, if I'm supposed to be following somebody, I need to have them in front of me at all times. If you go to like uh, crowded places, uh, museums or theme parks, back in the day when we didn't have to wear a mask and no registrations and all these things, people used to hold up signs. Like group leaders used to hold up flags or signs in order to kind of point people in the right direction. And that's what we need to always look at Christ and look for Christ as we follow him. How can we follow someone who we don't know where he is? So we always have to put Christ in front of us. Many people put a cross in their car. The cross in the car, yes, of course, it's a beautiful um, act to, 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 you know, as a blessing for the car. But it's also, as they're looking up, 
they see the cross. They put a cross, uh, some people put crosses or uh, an icon of Christ on their uh, wallpaper, on their phone, or on their desktop or laptop. Why? Because you're using these devices so often so that we should always kind of see our Lord in front of us to remind us that this is who we're living for. This is why we're living. The second thing of staying, of, of uh, following Christ is we have to stay close. You think about if you're trying to follow somebody and they're, they're moving and you're just keeping at a distance. You won't be able to follow them. You won't be able to follow. We, are, we ourselves need to get closer to God in order to follow him truly. And we follow him by his examples. St. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitation. Imitation. We, we, we play these games as, as, young, as young children where we, where we try to imitate people around us. Or we see impressions where we have people, people who do impressions of people who are trying to imitate the way they speak, the way they talk, the way they act, the way they dress. But what we're called to do is to imitate through our actions. That our actions and our lifestyle resembles Christ. So that when somebody sees us, they know that we're one of his followers. Because we're following him, we are acting like him. A disciple learns from his master. When our Lord went to see Levi or Matthew in the tax office, he went out and when he saw him sitting in the tax office, he said to him, follow me. He wanted him to change the situation that he was in, this lifestyle that he was in. Our, our, as we get closer to our Lord, we also need to work on changing of our lifestyle. Meaning, does my lifestyle resemble Christ? Is my lifestyle aligned with my relationship with Christ? Is it aligned with my faith? Are my actions with people, my actions at home, my goals aligned with our Lord? It doesn't necessarily have to be negative goals for it not to be aligned. For example, somebody who, who focuses on making the most money as possible. That's what we're encouraged to do from a young age. Get this degree, invest, do this, do that, find this job in order to make a good amount of money. But if that becomes your goal, then you're not following Christ. Can it be in the path as you're growing close to your relationship with God that you, that you become successful? Absolutely. Absolutely. But our goal and our focus is our Lord in everything that we do. Think about 
what it means when Christ went to Levi. How hard is it to, to share our faith with people who are not Christian? Imagine that. Imagine, think about your coworkers. Think about your classmates. Think about even some close friends that are not believers. It's hard to talk about your faith. But our Lord here teaches us that we're called to do that. We're called to go and speak and preach, not necessarily by words, but by actions, and to connect people to Christ. As we follow Christ, we also pray that others follow Christ as well. Not follow us, but follow Christ. And this is, this is a very important uh, distinction. Our Lord, says, our, our Lord says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Of course, now during this time of COVID and, and all of this, we're constantly making sure we're not sick and, and uh, hearing about people who are sick, like this is the, the number one thing on our minds many times. But our Lord uses this example of sickness to teach us that sin is a sickness. And, though, and he didn't come for those who are well. Those who are well, who, those who think they're well, basically, he's saying, those who don't need any help, he's not coming to change their mind. He didn't come so that he can convince the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and all those people to forget everything they know and, and come follow Christ. He didn't come to, to do that. He came for the sick who understand that they're sick and he called them to repentance. He says, uh, no, I, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. Our acknowledge, acknowledgement of our situation is one of the most important things. Saint Isaac the Syrian says, as we know ourselves, knowing our condition is a greater feat than raising the dead. It's a greater miracle than raising the dead, knowing our condition, knowing that we are sick. Those who are sick go get treatment. Those who don't know they're sick might get worse. So he, our true physician, who's on the altar today, is asking us to know that we are sick in order for us to be called to repentance. So the first thing is, in order to follow him, we have to look for him and keep him, keep him in front of us. Second thing is to stay close. Stay close through the church. Stay close to the service. Stay close to your Bible reading. Stay close to your prayers. Stay close through all the, the constant repentance and confession. Staying close to God. You know, the first thing somebody comes and says when they're, when they're about to uh, confess, they say, I've been kind of far from God. We use the distance to kind of understand where we are. It's either we're close to God or we're far from God. Lastly, it's 
in order to truly follow, we need to stay on the right path. If, we're, if, 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 we're, if the goal is to get, get on the 405, but we find ourselves on a different freeway, we're, we need to stop and reroute. And that's what following Christ is about. Our Lord wants us to be on the path this, and calls us to perfection. Are we all perfect? Absolutely not. Do we fall? Absolutely. Do we, we, do we, do we sin? Absolutely, we do. But what do we do when we fall? When we get back up, do we get back up in the direction of Christ and follow him? Or do we stay on the floor? Or do we get back up in the wrong direction? As we start our relationship with Christ or renew our relationship with Christ, even especially during this fast that we are in, that we ask St. Mary for, for her intercessions to help us react like Levi did. Where he left all, rose up, and followed him. Leaving all our sins, leaving all those who are keeping us away from God, leaving the bad habits, leaving the, the situations that give us opportunities to sin, rise up from it, look to Christ, and start our process in following Him. And I say that it's a process because that's what it is. We, we like things instantly. If you go on your phone, you open up a browser, and it takes more than five seconds, you want to throw your phone into the wall. Because you can't, we, we can't stand waiting anymore. We don't like processes. We just like immediate satisfaction. So it's important for us, as we continue this fast, that we pray for God to help us understand what it means to truly follow Him and that we may uh, continue in our, in our spiritual lives as we connect to God and imitate Him. And glory be to God forever. Amen.